0: Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast today. As we predicted, we have a much happier episode coming off a hot, hot TCU win and lots of wins for Iowa State basketball. And of course, we'll get into some Twitter moments. Didn't haven't done that in the past couple weeks. So we're going to get into some Twitter moments. A lot of activity has happened over this weekend. Got a big show for you guys. Really excited for it. But as always, we are presented to you by BNC Fieldhouse. You heard me last week, you know, Ben's helping us out a lot with this podcast. We absolutely love Ben. So if you love this podcast and you don't really care as much for drinking or burgers, we'll just go there to support us. You know, it's a really great um, sponsorship that he's helped us out with. But assuming you guys like drinking and you guys like cheeseburgers, head on over there to watch any of your favorite sports games. Uh, also, this Thursday, as always, they have drag shows and great mug deals Friday. For their FAC deal, $5 wraps and $3 adioses, as well as a mimosas deal for Sunday. If you're going to try and get some of your NFL football games in, head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. It is the best place to watch the big game, as well as best drink deals on Welch Avenue. So, coming off a very, very fun weekend, put an ass whooping on TCU. Iowa State basketball, despite what Newt was saying last episode, is absolutely back. I don't even know where to start, but we got to start with the seniors. I mean, can we just briefly talk about how I'm almost welling up talking about this, that the Campbell moment with every single senior, he was just crying and it was so beautiful. And man, I'm just going to miss these seniors. Newt, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it was a really like sentimental game. Um and and the, yeah, the Campbell like pregame crying moment was was probably one of my favorite videos that I've I've seen in a while, and you can just tell like the the raw emotion that he has for specifically this class because this was you know his first recruiting class and who really sort of like started the trend and, and laid the foundation here in Ames, and you know it just it obviously means a lot, and we know that Campbell's a coach who who truly cares about his players who who truly cares about making sure that they're better, not only on the field, but off the field as well and, and watching them grow and develop from honestly like boys to men. And so it's just, you know, a really pure moment to see that all kind of uh, accumulate on senior day. And it, it led to a really emotional pregame, uh, a fantastic on-field result and uh, you know, honestly a proper send off for a lot of these seniors who might be playing in their last games or, you know, bowl game pending um if they're going to participate in that but you know they got a a proper last game at jack Tri stadium and that's you know kind of exactly what you want
0: yeah and i mean Breesall, all we'll start with you 18 carries 242 yards 13 yards per rush jeez my goodness and then an additional 40 yards on top of that uh, with receiving end of things four total touchdowns, man, that's just a mouthful to even read off that box score. You know, that, that moment that he had in the end zone right after he had that house call, first of all, I'm so glad that that was the touchdown. He beat the record on. I was afraid that it was going to be one of those, you know, two yard punched in, not that that want to take away from anything, but it was just awesome that it was just a completely dominant performance, dominant run. And then he, you know, he just, he just squats in the, End of the end zone with all of his teammates surrounding him, walks to the sideline, you know, goes and gives his mom and family a hug. Oh my gosh, all the feels, all the feels on the episode today. My my goodness, but Brees, you are no one is more deserving than you. And please, please, please give him the doak right now. Because if you're trying to give that to Kenneth Walker, with all due respect, I love you, Kenneth Walker. You're a hell of a player, but just it just doesn't feel like there's any running back in college football that's better than Brees Hall. And I feel like we try and and throw these other names out there in the past three years of people who might be better than him, but we just keep going back to Brees Hall. Just give him the award. The dude is a a legit football player. And man, if there's anyone to snap a 51-year record, it's that guy. So just huge, huge, huge congrats to the greatest college football running back um, of this year.
1: Should we clap it up? Sure. Yeah, clap it up. All right. For Bruce Hall. i mean i would just like to add i think anytime i've posted a Bruce hall in-game highlight this entire year the only caption i've just used is the best running back in the country like it has been consistent since week one of this season for me to use any Bruce highlight and just caption it that because that's what he is he is the best running back in the country he displayed it he almost had as many yards um, in this game as tcu did as a team which is pretty impressive and he also um, obviously outscored them easily. He doubled their score. So, Brees, um, you know, he, he showed up in what will be his, his last game, maybe in an Iowa State uniform. I, I don't really see him playing the bowl game. I don't particularly want him to play the bowl game. So, agreed. Uh, a good way to go out is with almost 300 yards of total offense and four touchdowns. I, I don't think anyone would um, have anything bad to say about that performance. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just – uh it's, it's like beautifully sad because it's, it's just like, you know, you obviously long for more and it'd be so cool to continue cheering him on in an IOC uniform, but it's just like, you know, it's like the, it's time. It's time to to watch him like go the next step and and cheer him on the NFL. And, you know, that's always very fun to watch too. And it's, you know, another thing that makes Sundays even better is when you see people like David Montgomery and Alan Lazard and stuff making these plays on the NFL stage on Sundays, and you get to watch their career, and it's it's very fun to to cheer on as a fan, and we will get to do that with the priests and, and hopefully do that for many Sundays to come, so
0: yeah, I, I do. Just got to you know call myself a quick idiot. I was I was drinking during the game, and after his second or maybe third touchdown, I tweeted, "This guy is going to do everything he can to prevent this record from ever being snatched again." Essentially, thinking the more touchdowns he scored in that game, the harder was no. I, I I'm an idiot. <laughs> I forgot it what captioning. record was he broke. Lost in the moment. <laughs> great though. captioning. Lost in the moment. Lost in the booze. I apologize to everyone there if that was a little confusing. Um, Rory Walling, we love you. We love you, man. Last game in Jack Trice. Just just have to say that. I love you, Rory.
1: Also, man, the seniors. Oh, oh. I, can I get a shout out to uh, to X? He, he broke the most receptions yeah. in a season. Um, mm-hmm. Very, just an awesome, super consistent season from X this year. I think he's someone mm-hmm. that, might really fly under the radar, but could, could sneaky stay around maybe in the NFL, uh, longer than people might think, um, just with some of the talent that's coming out, obviously like Kolar's, you know, known as one of the best at his position, obviously breeze, um, Brock will be an interesting case to see where kind of he goes, um, quarterback wise. But I I think X has a, a fantastic, um, chance to, to really just have a, a, potentially a, a solid NFL career and maybe stick around um, in the league, which is all you kind of want at this point. Um, and, but yeah, dude, what an absolute rock this year, breaking the the school receptions record for a season and really turning into that kind of, you know, Brock Purdy's security blanket almost. And it was, it was pretty funny. I remember mm-hmm. talking last year when we're like, who's, re- you know, who's replacing Deshante Jones and, we have X, he's coming in as a a juco and stuff, but you know, you, it's not always the easiest thing to hit the ground running, but he's, he's really kind of asserted himself as a man since he um, transferred to Iowa state. And it's been fantastic to see, you know, him be rewarded with something like that. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I mean, this entire game just felt like it was just kind of feeding the seniors, you know, Kolar had five catches, 65 yards, Xavier, You know, seven receptions for 107 yards. I I wanted those two to get a tutty, but hey, we got Chase Allen, a touchdown. And and even on the defensive end, Mike Rose, you know, of course, led the uh, team in tackles. Will McDonald with the sack. Greg Isworth with a pick. And Anthony Johnson also with three tackles and three assists. So it it was just a great day, great day for the seniors. And, and I mean, yeah, it it felt kind of like one of those games where you just ride off into the sunset. Um, which, you know, feel how you want to feel about this because there's conflicting emotions with it. But that that is kind of another reason why I think a lot of these players will say, hey, you know, I had a great last game. I don't necessarily need to go to the bowl game uh, or, or obviously they would go, but play is, is what I'm talking about. So these guys like Kolar, maybe even Chase Allen. I, I, I think Chase Allen would play in the bowl game, but, you know, these draft eligible guys are Probably not gonna play in the bull game, maybe depending where we go. But it was it was truly just kind of like a, a ride off into the sunset type game. I do want to give a shout out to Max Duggan. You guys know I'm a little bit of a fan of him. It just seems like that guy just does everything for that team. And just I I I really hope that he gets help before he graduates TCU because you can just tell he's an absolute gamer. He's got a lot of moxie in him. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but, I mean, he had a, he had an interesting game, and I just I kind of felt bad for him the entire, the entire game because he was just getting pummeled and just doing everything he can. But, man, you're coming into Ames on a senior night that's highly emotional with some dogs on this team, debatably the greatest Iowa State team we've ever had, albeit a little bit more of a disappointing win-loss season. Yeah, you're not going to win that game. Sorry, Max Duggan, but hell of, a, hell of a game by these guys.
1: And, and of course, you know they had to wear the All Blacks. I, I had yeah. a, a big-ass <laughs> smirk on my face when uh, they came out, and I'm just like, you know, I wouldn't expect, like you know all the seniors are like, this is what we're wearing this week. Like, with, mm-hmm. sorry, guys, there's only one option. We're playing at night, like kind of at night at Jack Tries. 4.30 is night now in the winter, so. Uh, Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Um great. That was uh, cool. This is the second time
0: they pulled a, a fake on us. They had the red on red on red, you know, the, the little graphic sent Thursday night, so we were getting all pumped for a red out. And, nope, another audible called on us. They're going with black. I loved it. It was great
1: yeah they know what they're doing it's just it's part of it but it's it, it was very cool it was um as soon as the all blacks kind of came out i was like i was obviously just a little concerned we obviously kind of relayed like yeah you know we just have kind of been playing to the level of our competition a little bit this year and that does worry mm. me a little bit but um i don't know man something about nighttime and in those uniforms i'm just like oh yeah we're good like <laughs> Yeah,
0: I I think our opponents get really intimidated too. They're like, oh, shit,
1: black? Damn it. (laughs) Like, wait, that's not an Iowa State color. They can't be wearing those. And then they get really mad about that. They forget about their game plan and then all all things go to shit.
0: Mm -hmm. And then they go and befriend some Iowa Hawkeye fans to talk shit on it because those are the only people that will agree with them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, wow. Also,
0: (laughs) did you see, uh, no, you know, just I want to give a nice little happy birthday. Happy 69th
1: birthday to Harry Johnson. Please tell me. Something. <laughs> Whoever submitted that little, I don't know. It's probably some text middle thing. <laughs> I wish I could have seen like their, their reaction or like whatever, like the, the, a live cam of them seeing that on the, the, you know, the scoreboard cause they had to have just lost their shit. And it was
0: great. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was so funny. Oh my gosh. Dude, honestly, That's like that- a
1: plus trolling, like just a plus.
0: It took me a second to get it. Like I saw someone tweet it and they're like, I can't tell if this is real or not, but happy 69th to Harry Johnson. I was like, who's Harry Johnson? Like, (laughs) ah, that was great. Also another funny thing that happened. um, The commentators pulled the Trey Young, Charlie Kolar card Top of the second quarter. I mean, you, you got to pull that like fourth quarter when you're grasping at straws and what to talk about when the game is just a complete and utter blowout. But what was so poetically hilarious about it was right when they're pulling it out just way too early on in the game interrupted by a Jirel Brock house call. That was, it was just great. I'm like, oh, they're, they're, they're talking about it. They're talking about it. And as he was like 30 yards downfield, they were still finishing their sentence until they finally had to say, and then a house call from Jirel Brock, 45 yards. And I'm like, yeah, he's, he ran for probably 35 yards until you acknowledged it because you just had to get it out of the way that Trey Young and Charlie Kolar played in the same basketball team in high school. But I mean, at least he didn't say it in the first quarter.
1: Look, man, it's it's just one of those. It's like the George and Yang, no Noel thing, where they oh they're AAU teammates, or and we heard that for every single broadcast that was like not Iowa State because it's just one of those little fun facts that people love to to speak about. So mm-hmm. we just kind of are ironic now because like. You know, if we want to get on a side uh, basketball tangent here, George Ng might be carving out a better NBA career than Nurland Zoel at this point. Um kind of mm-hmm. but anyways, so it might be soon <laughs> neural and well played with George Ng. But one thing that
0: I don't think we talk about enough is the fact that Tyler Harrow hero, I've heard it pronounced both ways, whatever. And Tyrese Halliburton joined like a three on three basketball tournament. And they, I think they were seventh graders and they played up against like freshmen in high school and just dominated them and won the entire tournament. That one's kind of fun, but I never hear anyone talk about it. So if you didn't know, now, you know.
1: All right. You got anything else on the game?
0: I do not. No. Should we move on to uh, some basketball talk, or uh, do you want to talk bowl game, Big 12 championship preview? What, do you, what, do you, what are you feeling? Do you want to stay on football or basketball?
1: Let's touch on football a little bit longer, and then we can fully pivot to basketball. So All right. Bowl game. Any idea what we're going to be for that? I've seen we might have a chance at the Alamo Bowl. I, I have – Alamo is probably the
0: best bowl game I've heard – I don't think we're going to go there. Most places I've been looking on have us going to the Texas Bowl. So Sports Center had us Texas Bowl versus A and uh, Sports Illustrated also had Texas Bowl versus Missouri, and then Two Four Seven Sports also had Texas Bowl versus Mississippi State. So that's the most consistent one I've seen. The most interesting matchup I have seen: CBS Sports has the cheese It Bowl versus Clemson. And let me just say, the Cheez It Bowl is usually hilarious. Like it's it's kind of like you know some bottom performer teams that just make their way into the cheese it bowl. I think they called it the cheese INT bowl because there's so many interceptions throughout. That was in just here. a
1: terrible game. That occurred. That was like one of the funniest bad games ever. It was like TCU and uh, oh <laughs> fuck. It's terrible. It, it was the
0: year we went to uh, San Antonio. I forgot who they played against. It was a really bad bowl.
1: If you type but, in Cheez-It Bowl, Cheez-It Bowl TCU is one of the first ones that come, the first result that comes off. It was a 2018 Cheez-It Bowl between the um, TCU and Cal. A final score of 10-7. Right. Um, and it was close regarded. the entire
0: game. That was what was hilarious about it.
1: Yes. It was 7-7, seven to seven, and it went to overtime. <laughs> and they had six interceptions in the first half and nine for the entire game. Wow. 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 W- widely regarded as one of the worst football games ever played. Despite But I couldn't take my eyes games, off the TV. Loved it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but they CBS does have us uh, projected to go there against Clemson and I actually I love that because um, I didn't look this up. Don't quote me on it. Okay, you you know that I, I screw this up sometimes. But on like the football power index, I think Iowa State was ranked number nine and Clemson was number seven. So these are you know two teams that most would say you know they underperformed this year. Um, but I, I would have loved that game because I still think Clemson's a hell of a team, they got a lot of talent. I think DJ Ungulele is a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think that would be a hell of a game. I really do. Um, that would be in Orlando, Florida on December 29th. And just to put a bug in everyone's ear, Texas bowl would be January 4th in Houston, Texas, in case we land on either of those,
1: you know, I'm all for the cheese of you know, I love Jesus. Um, Oh yeah. That's kind of your brand, isn't it? I make cheese of jewelry. I got shouted out by a big football commentator last year for the cheese of Bowl. He, he shouted out I'll, my I'll say- store
0: plug plug your social media really quick you might get like two follows from this
1: <laughs> i'm just gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna i'll plug the etsy store it's newt novelties on etsy newt n e w t novelties n o v e l t i e s we get have it, all your cheese his name is jacob um necklaces keychains earrings Ornaments, Christmas ornaments. It's that time of the year again. You want a cheese it hanging from your Christmas tree? A real cheese it. These are real cheese it's covered in resin. Look beautiful. Great, unique gift. Um, made with love by yours truly. And that's our sponsor along with BNC Fieldhouse. Shout out, Ben. Sorry for taking the spotlight from you there a little bit, Ben. But now I would not, love a cheese bowl. It's a great bowl.
0: Okay. Not to totally curtail this conversation, but Taylor and I were talking. How, um, how, how, how long do those cheese earrings last? Because I mean, they're still food. Like, do they expire after, I don't
1: know, three years? So I have some pores that lasted. I, I did some of my first pores in like August of last year, and they're still in really good shape. Some of them will get like um sunbeaten a little bit. Like if it's exposed to a lot of sunlight, they'll fade kind of and lighten up. Um, but other but that just shows other-
0: the age of it, you know that that's like aging wine. You know, it gets better the longer it it, it changes color. whatever, whatever, uh, yeah. A, the, the, the a change in color I think is cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had like I said, I have some from some of my first pours that are still in in really good shape, and you can obviously tell that they are cheez-it. Um, some of the keychains struggle a little bit more because they're cheez-it and they're a little delicate, and people are rough with keychains. But but yeah, that's uh. That's the little resin uh, new novelties insights. Um, so go any any buy questions? stuff from a
0: store, give him money. That's, that's our second sponsor for today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so moving on to a uh, basketball, are you ready for this? Sure. So, I won't talk about how you were grossly wrong last week. And I won't talk about how I was absolutely right to be excited about a 4-0 start against teams that weren't really, you know, too impressive. Because guess what? I know that you know that. And I also know that you're happy to be wrong. Is that fair?
1: That is very fair.
0: So to get that out of the way, I won't be an asshole to you. But you were you were so, so wrong. I looked like a genius. Newt equals dumb. Mason equals genius. That was a note that I had from this weekend. But, um, yeah, we, we rank at number 19. I don't know if, if you saw that today. It's number 19, 6-0 start. Took down number 25 Xavier on, I believe, it was Wednesday night. And then Friday night, right after we put an ass whooping on TCU, I would say basketball just goes and puts another ass whooping on Memphis. It was I – don't, I don't know if I've had another um, – Iowa state athletics weekend. That was just that awesome. I was just, I'm still coming down from
1: the high. It was great. It was, it was a good ass weekend. I, I woke up Saturday and was like, damn. yesterday was a nice day. If you wrap the Cardinal in gold, man, like it mm-hmm. just, it felt so good. Send the seniors out on a good note for, for football, obviously. And then, you know, I, I, admitting that I was, I'm not saying that I'm wrong about this team. I was holding expectations in check because I understand that it's a process and Otz has even talked about it being a process. He's, you know, he's got that Campbell mindset of like, Hey, it's day by day, how we can improve how we can get better. And I love that, that mentality. I, I love that perspective. And so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. I, 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 on the record, I'm very happy to see Iowa State win by 19 points against a top 10 team. I'm, I'm very happy. Um, I know that might come as a shock to people, mm-hmm. but you are right, I, though.
0: I mean, just, I just, to, just to keep expectations in check, you're right.
1: Yeah, I just, I, um, expectations are just, they're always, um, you know, hope is the one thing that always makes it hard, um, and especially in sports. And I also just think that, you know, this group's obviously playing really well and odds has them playing with such high intensity and um, high effort. And that's fantastic to see because that's the kind of stuff that gets you these big wins. Maybe if like your shots aren't falling or that kind of stuff. And that's something that this program's kind of missed for a little bit. You could just kind of tell that the energy with Prome towards the last couple of years just wasn't really there. And so mm-hmm. it's really nice to see it. It's it's very refreshing. And but like you know, they're still young. They're still a group that's figuring it out. Um, they're obviously playing really well. But the basketball season's full of highs and lows. We play in one of the hardest yeah. conferences in the nation, and um, you know the conference schedule's tough. When on the road's tough. Winning a conference game's tough. We didn't even do that last year. So mm-hmm. it's just like you know, having that perspective, enjoy the ride, and you know, kind of we're already you know, easily exceeding our expectations. If, you know, I think you could have grabbed 100 Cyclone fans off the street and be like, Hey, if Iowa State's ranked this year in, in men's basketball, um, would you say that's like a success this year? And I think all of them would say like, Oh yeah, like sign me up. Take I it. have no expectations of that. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's, it's really good to see. Um, it was nice to finally have a, a non ESPN plus game. Um, huh. I'm still holding off on buying ESPN plus, but I think the big 12 schedule is going to make it way too hard to do that at this point. Cause like half of our games are on it. So I'll having probably... Fran for call that game, it just feels right. Right. Yeah. Jesus it is nice geez. to hear Fran talk. We love Fran here. Um, mm-hmm. gotten to interact with some of our content, which has always been fun, but, but yeah, you know, um, one thing that I think
0: is just, this is this is why I say that this Iowa State team is a little bit different from the years past. Like, we are starting strong. When have we done that? Even in the Hoiberg era. Like, we're starting strong in these games, and then we're sustaining our lead. Um, I'm not going to guess what it was, but I, I saw some wild stat that we've only been, like, losing for no more than, like, 10 minutes all season. Something wild like that. And that's, that's never what Iowa State has been. You know, Iowa State has always give you a heart attack all game, either have a crazy comeback to make it within two points or have a crazy blunder to just basically give up 20 points and still keep the game within two, just something like that. But we're, we're sustaining these leads. And, you know, it's, it's weird to have not that much anxiety watching Iowa state basketball because against Memphis and against uh, uh, Xavier, I felt the same way. I'm like, we're, we're looking better than them. and And I was confused by that too, because I, the one hole that I thought I pinpointed in our team, I'm still a little skeptical, is just having the bruiser down low. You know, we, we got some guys that can shoot it. We're clearly going to be a team that's going to want to shoot the ball. But uh, I've heard his name pronounced a couple different ways. Alias Kuntz, you know, he gives great effort. He, he gets a lot of boards down low. And, I mean, he had a dope move, uh, you know, just like a like a behind the back and like a spin move for a layup. So, I, I don't know, man. These, this team is finding ways to win. And the defense looks stupid good. I have not seen us play defense like this in years. And and that really excites me too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's always kind of the, the biggest tell because if, if you're given effort on the defensive end, it's, you know, we've always said it with, I would say football too, it's the same way. Like I love having a good defense because it's going to keep us in games. And that's, you know, no different on the basketball side as well. And, and to see them have this, you know, I believe Xavier was the first team to score over 60 on us, um, which was a very funny stat. And then Memphis team scored score 60 on us, which is also kind of funny too. Um, mm-hmm. Scored 59, but anyways, <laughs> like it's still it's still like just you know awesome to see that because you know you ne- your op- offense is always going to be a little bit shakier or a little bit more inconsistent, but defensive stuff as long as like scheme and everything is good, you 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 know, and you put good effort there then you know that these guys are going to hopefully keep us in a lot of games. So, you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'd say like, I'm going to change my, my perspective a little bit, but I'm still going to hold it in check because like, it's just the big 12, man. It's such a, it's a grind. There's a lot of good teams in the the league this year too. Like, and it's just, you know, you, you don't really get a lot of days off um, in the big 12 at all. And we were supposed to be like one of the days off for teams. And and that's mm-hmm. probably not going to be the case this year, but it's, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be really fun. It'll be really exciting. It, it's, it's been a, a tough last couple of years, you know, it's been hard to have a rooting interest in basketball as much as sort of past years um, just with kind of the, the lack of the encore product. And it's really good to, you know, kind of see that, uh, switch flip a little bit. So,
0: yeah. And, and I mean, Hilton magic is where a lot of our generation's fandom for Iowa state started. You know, this, the football fandom kind of came a little bit later when we got Campbell and we became good. Um, so it is, it is really good to just kind of go back to some Hilton magic. Also, uh, Gabe Kalshuer, my gosh, he is the quintessential. No, no, no. Yes. Type player. kind of like Nas long where you just uh you take a, a three-pointer like five yards or five feet from the line, and you're like, no, 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 and it would still go in. He's gonna be a fun watch all year. Brockington kind of gives me some Dustin Hogue vibes, a little bit more of a guard than him, but like his spring and athleticism is electric. And then last but absolutely not least, Tyrese Hunter. My goodness, hyper athletic, hell of a defender. And one thing that he's surprising me is his IQ as a true freshman is outstanding. He takes care of the ball pretty damn well. And and yeah, like his off ball defense, he he reads and interprets. I think he's averaging three steals a game. The dude is, oh my gosh, I feel so comfortable when the ball is in his hands. And he is the right type of guy to lead this offense and and even the defense. He dude just is, is a ball player. I love him. And I also feel very bad for Tyler Harris still hasn't gotten a big 12 champion or a big 12 win whatsoever.
1: <laughs> the funny thing about Tyrese Hunter is, and I saw this too, but he played, um, in Racine, Wisconsin, where he was coached by Nick Bennett, who's part of the, the Bennett family. So he he knows how to play defense. Tony, Tony Bennett over at West or Virginia. So man, man's, um, man came from the, the right cut kind of call on, on how to play defense. And obviously he showed it with active hands, some great steals, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him develop, you know, just being obviously a freshman. So pretty, pretty awesome. Well, and uh, it's a, there's a lot of, a lot of optimism here and it should be, should be pretty, a more exciting and maybe higher anticipated um, big 12 season. I would say than. May fans were expecting. So,
0: agreed. The, at the very least, at the very least, what we showed this week was just our potential. We have potential, you know. And are we going to have some ups and downs for the season? Yes. Because, like you said, that's just what basketball is. We're, we're at some point in the year, we're not going to be ranked. That's, that's almost inevitable. But I mean, hell of a start. You got to be happy with where we are. And this week we have uh, Creighton on Saturday night. I'm going to that game. I'm super pumped for it. And then Wednesday night we have another game against uh, insert team name here. I don't know. One of those teams is like, oh, and six. So uh, ESPN plus, if you want to Okay, there you go. If you want to skip that game because of ESPN plus, just know that we're going to be joining you. I will be joining you at least.
1: Yes, they are zero and seven right now in the year. That is yikes, tough look. But
0: well, one last thing. Oh, sorry, go for it.
1: No, I was gonna see if they've even come close to winning any games this year, and they're they played Creighton to thirteen points and Portland okay. to twelve points. So those were their two closest games on the year.
0: It would be kind of Iowa State for us to um, to keep this one close. But like I said, this, this Iowa State team has shown no signs that they are like the rest. You know, they're, they're starting strong and they're winning games that they should win games and they're sustaining leads is, is awesome. It's awesome. Um, before we dive into Twitter moments, though, we're an Okie State podcast for this week, correct? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I really like Gundy. I do too. Big fan of Gundy. Huge win against OU. You know what I realized was Oklahoma State had nothing to lose that game. It was either going to be a rematch between Okie State and Oklahoma or Okie State and Baylor in the Big Twelve Championship. But they are just—I love that they're like we don't we don't care. This game is still a rivalry game. This is still a Big Twelve Championship game. And I think you know you'd rather see Baylor in the Big Twelve Championship um, than OU, especially Baylor almost lost to a. Oh, man, who, who did they almost lose? It was a case Texas Tech. It was Texas Tech. Oh, my gosh.
1: Who missed of course, a 53-yard field goal. I
0: of feel. course they did. The of game course game. they did. So that was infuriating. But, yeah, we're an Okie State podcast this week. Um, also, it would be really cool if they make it to college football playoffs. I mean, if they win the Big 12 championship, chances are high off of most of the um, – polls I've been looking at, they would be most likely to enter the college football playoff if they had, or if they won the big 12 championship, um, Michigan, you know, would probably get in there as well. But I think you, you could very realistically be looking at a, uh, a Georgia, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Oakey state football playoff. And, and, and I know I'm missing a couple in there. Who am I missing Newt?
1: Um, well, Bama, I guess on the top four, but they yeah. obviously will be playing Georgia. This upcoming week. So I if you want Oklahoma State, which I would want Oklahoma State, we want the Big Twelve to get money. Um, then we have to root for Georgia just to kick the shit out of Bama. Um mm-hmm. so then but basically how it'll get really messy is if Bama and Georgia play close and like Bama basically barely pulls it out, because then Georgia probably is not falling out of the top four and it'll be like a they won't they won't make the the SEC teams play each other in the first round, but they'll maneuver it so that um probably either Bama or Michigan's one. If Michigan wins the big 10 title game, it would be very Michigan, I feel like, if they just they just spanked Ohio State. Like that game was close, but like Michigan literally like just ran the ball down their throats and mm-hmm. um whatever. But if they lost to Iowa and then just like I, I don't know. That, I I feel like the Michigan fan base, it would would it Surprise me if that happened. And we'd also just have to deal with annoying ass fucking hawk fans. So, like the universe is gonna do that to us somehow. But um, but yeah, so hopefully Georgia takes care of business, Michigan can take care of business. Um, I I'm gonna be really mad if Cincinnati gets the boot, um, because they yeah, they have one of the best resumes too. Like it's it's so funny because like Notre Dame's been creeping up and they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame, and it's just like, okay, like you know they have they played their schedule they were really good 2 years ago um where they i think they almost beat georgia in the ball game um and they're undefeated and they had a good out of conference like schedule so they should be in and then yeah i mean i think oklahoma state would you know i don't see them having much success especially if they have to play georgia but you know mm-hmm. it would still be cool and would be obviously rooting for them. Um, and it would be really fun at the end of the year to be like, Oh yeah, uh, we're the only team to beat Oklahoma state. So I got that mm-hmm. tweet off um, this weekend. Did pretty good. So not to uh, brag. Yeah. I would, you know, might as well recycle that one a couple times if, if Oklahoma state's going to keep playing a couple games or something. So,
0: so for the sake of easy outside the lions content, we especially want Okie state to win. Also follow our Twitter. Gosh, follow our Twitter. We're not gaining back all the people that I wanted <laughs> to gain back. <laughs> so, annoying. Um, I, we're not going to talk more about that, but we are actually going to move into Twitter moments if that's cool with you. So, some small news from this weekend. Uh, you know, you may or may not have heard about it, but Lincoln Riley's going to USE.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny. In,
0: in Barstool, OU. Calling him a coward. I mean, they're right, but it's, it's also priceless. I mean, they're leaving the Big Twelve. I, I don't know. I don't need to explain the i the ironic humor of that entire situation.
1: It's it's gold. It's gold. It's kind of karma too. I've been having a field day with this one. All the tweets that I've been seeing. It's just like you know. It's funny. (laughs) I don't don't know what else to say (laughs) besides it's just fucking funny, because OU and Texas have this grass is greener. um, We're gonna take the money and run, and then guess who took the money and ran? (laughs) And Lincoln Riley is just—he's doing the smart move. This man was gonna have to go go from you know big fish, small pond in Oklahoma. You know best recruits, able to get so many people from Texas, all this kind of stuff. And then they're going to throw them in the SEC West and you got to compete with Bama and LSU and your recruiting gets way harder because all these schools are also coming to your area now. And he's like, no. And, and, and you know, the families mm-hmm. are still going to demand these like 10 win seasons. Like I if he was staying there and they go like nine and three and have like a couple of close losses to Bama and shit, they're going to be talking about canning their ass. The exactly. SEC, is wild i there was some tweet where it was either 10 or 11 sec coaches or schools have looked for a new football coach within like the last three seasons you don't have job security there Fucking that's God. so messed up what mullins at florida just took them yeah to the championship game last year and then he has one bad year and he's out he's canned after he he had he could have had like um, After
0: losing crap. two Heisman candidates, too, in Kyle Pitts and um, uh, Kyle Trask, which we knew he wasn't going to win the Heisman, but still a candidate. He lost some yeah. good players and he still got shit canned. It was unreal.
1: Yeah. And he, he had previously had success at Mississippi State, which is a really hard school to, to be successful at, um, with just mm-hmm. like how hard the SEC is. And the man's getting canned and it's just, it's wild. So I totally get Lincoln Riley's stance on this. Like, um, yeah, good fuck for him. Yeah, dude. Like, USC In USC paying him a shit ton of money. Yes. He doesn't have to compete with anyone but Oregon. Like you, like the Pac-12 is down and mm-hmm. you don't have like he still has to deal with like expectations or whatever, but it's it's not going to be anywhere near Oklahoma and SEC um, you know. And so no. it's just it's so much fun to watch unfold. And now like, and like, he didn't want to go, like that was one of the things that came out. It said he did not want the SEC move yeah. because he knew what it was going to do. It was going to make his playoff chances harder. It was going to make his recruiting harder. It was going to make his on-field expectations harder because he's going into, they're going to be in the, the harsh division in the SEC. If the SEC does like divisional based on geography, he's literally going to be in division with Alabama, LSU, Texas, which isn't hard. And then, you know, like how they break up the Mississippi schools or whatever. But like the dude knew. So he's like, I'm out. I'm out.
0: And and call me an elitist to the blue blood programs. But you're an idiot. If you want to say that the USC head coaching job is a top five coaching job in college football. It absolutely is. Getting paid a lot of money. Getting paid a lot of money. Every like you just laid out. It was a smart decision for him. Even Caleb Williams said I, I don't know really what to say, but I, I'm really happy for Lincoln Riley. And I mean, that's probably tough for him to, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, Spencer Rattler. Okay. To, to backpedal. It was totally the right decision for Lincoln. LOL at Boomer sooner. Um, and let's move on to Spencer Rattler. Cause I think that is, that is just, it's so funny. Kick them while they're down. I love the timing of him releasing that. And I don't know that there are already murmurs that he's going to USC. I don't know if that'll actually happen. I don't know if you'd want to go back to the head coach who benched him. But yeah, OU, in my opinion, I think Rattler is better than Caleb Williams. And I think they're gonna take a noticeable step down next year, even if they were in the Big 12. I don't think I don't know if you can expect them to go to the championship again. Saying that they're that they might be in the Big 12 next year. We don't know what that looks like, but I I think there will be a pretty noticeable drop off for OU. I have no idea who they're going to target for the head coach. Just dear God, do not go for Matt Campbell. And even if so, there's no way to go to OU.
1: No way, right? I I think at this point, we've figured out what Matt wants in a job. And I think he, I would be baffled if this is the kind of job he takes because it, it would be so like. It's just not a good circumstance like it, it is it, and it's only getting worse like like we laid out why Lincoln Riley looked for something else because that job's only getting harder and you're losing the advantage you had in the big 12 like Oklahoma has ran the big 12 for a pretty long time like we can just be brutally honest about that one and now they're gonna be going to a place where you're they're not going to be running it like I'm sorry but they're, they're mm. just not it's just being realistic it's going to be really tough and you are competing with literally the greatest college football coach of all time, potentially. And then also whoever gets LSU and can get them revitalized. Like that's not fun. You're, you're, you are you you do not want to deal with that on a, on a yearly basis, just to even potentially try and get to like the CFB or whatever. So um, I, I, I don't see Matt Campbell doing anything like that. Like I, I no I was a little bit worried when the Ohio state job came me too. a couple of years ago, <laughs> that's the one that's worried me the most. If Notre Dame ever opens, that one worries me a little bit. Yep.
0: Um, Honestly, USC worried me a little bit too, but it, I, I heard that they weren't targeting him near as much as they were. Well, obviously Lincoln Riley. So for that reason, I wasn't as concerned, but Ohio state, Notre Dame, you're right. Those two, they scare me, but Hey, Ryan day. Thank you.
1: I think matt's a regional guy too I, I really do i i think like he's just he will be somewhere in the midwest like the rest, midwest slash Rust belt because i do not think that ohio is um midwest it's Rust belt but anyways okay. um but i just i think that's like the reason he'd stay in and and yeah i don't i don't think he would he could not deal with the sec he doesn't have an agent like it would just it would be absolutely baffling um and you know I had heard that
0: that. I had actually heard that Pollard was going to send him. We're going to, okay. I'm screwing up my words here. Don't be surprised if you see the news this week that he gets another extension. I I have already heard murmurs that Pollard and him are working something out. And I mean, after his press conference on Friday, he said like, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the future is. But he kind of closed his, uh, you know, or his um, quote, with a very Matt Campbell quote that said, you know, we're really proud of where we've taken this team and how can we continue to progress it moving forward? Some people could interpret that as, all right, he set up Iowa state for success for, you know, the next person to come in to also have success. I don't really think that's the way to interpret it though. I think it's him saying I'm not 1010% on exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm pretty confident this is where we're going to go. And as long as the money speaks, I'll stay here. That's the way I took it. Um, but either way, don't be surprised if you see that news this week, I've been hearing that from a few different people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I I think Campbell's just shown kind of what he values and and what he wants to do and how he wants to build his program. And, And I think there are a lot of things that are important to him and, you know, he kind of has a controlling factor at Iowa state. That's, you know, there's no doubt in my mind, the, the statues are already like pre-built all this kind mm-hmm. of shit because he's had the most successful stretch in cycling football history, which it's not a beautiful history at all, but, um, it's where we're at. And it's great. Um, but I, I just, I, I would be so shocked to see him kind of leave for, for something like that. Um, and I did hear and have been seeing some stuff for, for extension talks too. um, most of the time Matt uses that to, his assistant coaches paid more so that people like Heacock will stay around um and and whatnot so i I would assume that there's something like that in the water in the works here and hopefully pollard and the athletic department will be happy to to pay him some money so Mm -hmm. i I pay him plenty of money all of my money but um oh you know This
0: is a little bit of a backpedaling, but still on head coaching. Did you see Oklahoma's targeting expected coach of the year in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury, for their next head coach? No,
1: no, no. That was Cliff Kingsbury getting an extension because he doesn't have, he only has like one year left on his deal or something. That was like Adam Schefter carrying the water for Cliff Kingsbury's agent. That is 100% what that was. There's no, uh, very unlikely. All right.
0: I mean, yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. That, I just thought it was hilarious that they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we can get him. Um, also, Texas was like 50% full during the national anthem. Shout out, KU. You absolutely killed that franchise. That was awesome. Um, and then Kenny Nwangu, man, has he found his footing in the NFL. He's he's tr- proving to be like a legit weapon. It's not just like, a, oh, hey, we had a Cyclone score a touchdown. Let's throw a highlight. No, he... He got promoted for a reason. He's a starting kick returner. He's already got two touchdowns. I think with, I think he's started four or five games. That doesn't come around very often. You're lucky to get one touchdown in, in two seasons from kick returning. So the dude is is proving to be a, a very true and real weapon for the Vikings. And man, he's going to be fun to watch. So you know, shout out Ken a. Um, And my last thing I wanted to talk about is, I hate Iowa and I really hate the Big Ten West. And I, that's all I'm going to say on it. I just.
1: I mm, hate the Big 10 West. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they have a great little setup of uh you get to play teams like Illinois and Northwestern and Nebraska and, and a prone to choke Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin's been around the Big, T- Big 10 West for a little bit at this point. It's usually those two, but Minnesota had a good season here and there, but the boat's not always rowing. Um, and yeah, I mean, we kind of already went over it. Hopefully, Michigan just shows up, does their job, um, and that's that's where we're at with it. I, I don't like hawk talk. It's it's they they like to talk about us plenty, so I'm I like to leave it at that. They can um, talk about us and themselves, but I'm not going to talk about them for the most part.
0: Me and my high school friends got into it over Thanksgiving, you know, as you typically do when you go home for Thanksgiving, hang out with your high school friends, me and outnumbered Cyclone, you know, facing four Hawkeyes. I was trying to hold my own, but I was definitely, definitely losing that battle. And you're right. Let's stop talking about it, man. They own a lot of rent in my head and I need to get (laughs) through this.
1: (laughs) We're Um, we're also making, I mean, the Seahawks approaching and now we're also like making that very interesting. Um, as well. So uh, I also realized that I'm visiting two Iowa fans uh, that weekend, and I will have to watch the Hawk with them. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I love watching sporting events with Iowa fans. They're always great. They're always so nice. They're, they're always so considerate and, and logical and um, use terms you know. like little brother and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, it's they'll say
0: six straight a lot. I don't know enough. what that means.
1: They're true, like bundles of joy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not insufferable at
0: all. <laughs> all right, that's enough. hot talk on that, not enough. Hawk talk, but hey, um, Iowa State basketball Wednesday against insert name here, and then Saturday mm-hmm. against Creighton. And then, hey, we'll see where we land for the bowl game, and we'll give you guys a preview as always next time. But I, I believe that's all we have for you today. Go and support our boy Ben at BNC Fieldhouse. Got the best drink deals on Welch Avenue. Best place to watch the big game. Cheer hard for the Oklahoma State Cowboys this Saturday at BNC Fieldhouse. Uh, and if you're if you're not into football, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But hey, just go there for some beer. Go there for drag shows on Thursday night. Uh, you know, go there for bottomless mimosas on Sunday. It's it's just a great environment. Great time. And with that, do you have anything else for us new?
1: Roll clones, baby.
0: Absolutely. Talk to you guys next time. Roll clones.